If you guys will uh, turn in your Bibles, I want to, uh, we're, we're going to look at that theme passage. But we've been in this series on champions of faith. Um, John Maxwell had written a book on running with giants, and in that book, he basically went back and enlisted some biblical characters, and those biblical characters, he sort of the premise was, what if they were to come out of the stands from cheering us on and walk alongside of us in this journey of faith? Because the reality is the journey of faith can be sometimes difficult, Steve. It don't always seem to go the way that we want it to go. And the theme passage for us has been a passage out of Hebrews chapter 12, um, and I think that... that uh, that they'll throw it up on the screen, Miss Lisa. But I want to read that to you this morning, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, just to sort of remind you. And there it is up on the screen. I want you to read that out loud with me today. Um, therefore, oh, that's since, oh, it's out loud, guys. Out loud, okay? Out loud. Out loud, yes, out loud. This is like school, so we're all going to participate. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, now let's go back and do that one more time. All right. When we get to huge, everybody go, huge crowd of witnesses, okay? So, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set out for us. <clears throat> Endurance, 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 endurance. Not the quick sprint, but a race of endurance, Mr. Jerry. So we've been taking these biblical characters out. Uh, to this point, we've looked at the life of Noah. We've looked at the life of David. And today, we're going to look at the life of a man by the name of Joseph. Joseph. And if there are some of you here that are at the place that you're about ready to throw in the towel... Uh, you might want to pay attention today. If there are some of you here that, that are just tired and you're exhausted spiritually, emotionally, physically, you probably want to pay attention because I believe that Joseph has a word that he might want to share with us today because in this journey, he just doesn't want to speak to us from afar, but he wants to run up alongside of us and whisper some things in our ear. That would be a word of encouragement. Here's a man, if you look back in his history, Abraham had a son by the name of Isaac who had a son by the name of Jacob who had many sons. One of those sons was a guy by the name of Joseph. Joseph at that time, who we're going to talk about, was the youngest in his family. Um, so why don't you turn over to Genesis chapter 37, and why don't we pick up there today as we look at the man that we call Joseph. And while you're turning, this is what I want you to hear. I think one of the things that Joseph might say to us, one of the first words that he might say to encourage us would be this. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on your dreams. So I want you to hear that today. Don't give up. And don't give up on your dreams. Before we talk about him, Let's talk to the Lord this morning. Father, I'm just very aware as I, as I walk on this journey of faith that there are many of us that are here in this room, many of us that have relationships with people that are just on the verge of giving up because they're tired, they're exhausted, they've been hurt, they've been wronged, and today we just need to hear a word from you. What I'm asking today is, Lord, that... Uh, 
They wouldn't hear me, but they would listen to the words that are printed in your scripture. That they would listen to the voice of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and that he would whisper a word to us today that would just be a word of encouragement, a word of truth. Make us very, um, very available today to hear. And it may not be for us right now. We may be, things may be going great, but we need to hear this today because it may not be for today, but it may be a word that we need to hear tomorrow. And it may not be a, a word for us right now, but it may be a word for a friend or a family member. So, Father, would you speak very clearly to us today? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 37. And let's start off at verse 5. Let's start off at verse 5. One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Now, they didn't hate him because of the dream. They already didn't like him, but the dream sure didn't help out an awful lot. Okay, are you with me? So this is, this is, this is sort of what he said. Listen to this dream, and he presents it to them. We were out in the field, tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up. And your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. That's not one of the things that you want to hear your younger brother tell you in the midst of a conversation. That's not a popular conversation. That's probably not a very popular dream. Um, and it wasn't received very well. Um, well, anyway, his brothers got so stinking angry at him. They were so mad. Well, that wasn't the only dream that he shared with them. Um, he shared another dream with them. In the midst of sharing the other dream, not only did they get mad, but now, now his dad even gets upset with him. So he's got everybody in the family up, up, in, up in arms. I mean, they just don't know what to do. They got this, this little brass kid running around sharing all these dreams, and everybody's upset with him. And so anyway, there's, there's a point in the story where dad sends him out to find his brothers working in the field, and, and this is sort of where we pick it up in verse 19. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Verse 20, come on, let's kill him. That's pretty intense, don't you think? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the kid was just sharing a dream. I mean, it's gone from, wow. Let's kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns. We can tell our dad, a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. And those dreams would end up affecting the next 20 plus years of his life. That was the start of like, sort of like the going down the hill type situation. So if your heart's ever ached um, because you've been wronged, if you're holding on to bitterness, if you're dealing with disappointment or whatever it may be, the story of Joseph would probably be one that you want to hear. And there's a few things that I think that Joseph might say to us in reference to the, to the truth of don't quit, don't give up. And I want to share that in reference to his story today really quickly. One of the first things I want you to write down is this. Joseph might say to us, don't give up even if things don't start well. How many of you guys have ever had a project that you were working on that didn't start very well? And at the end of it, you just said, well, there's just no sense in me continuing on. This doesn't really make any sense. And you just quit. How many of us in life, things didn't start too well and you've not ever been able to get over that hump? You ever been at that time? Where, where here it was, you started off in life, something happened along the way, and you just ended up giving up because you're, you're like, 
There's just no sense. There's a reason about me even continuing to, to move ahead. And how many of us in life have a difficult time dumping the things of the past? I mean, here, here, here it is in the midst of our relationship with the Lord that God said, listen, I want you to understand what I've done, what I've provided through my son, Jesus Christ, the forgiveness that I've provided, the wiping away of your sins. And yet, as believers, those of us that are here, sometimes we struggle dumping the things of the past. We're holding on. Here's Satan going, listen, I just want you to remember. I want you to constantly remember. Dean, I want you to remember your past of, of what you've experienced. And Dean, you're really not worthy of anything that's ahead of you. Dean, you'll never amount to anything because I want to remind you of, of what you were. You know, Colt, listen, I want to remind you of your past. That's it. Lester, I want to remind you. I want to remind you of all your faults and all your failures and all the issues of life that you've had. And you'll really never amount to anything. And Joseph would say, listen, don't give up even if things don't start well. I mean, take the life of the Apostle Paul, of all people. I mean, here's a guy, and in the midst has his life changed because he had an encounter with the Lord. And if there was anybody that could have said, there's no hope for me, it would have been Paul because of all the things that Paul had experienced and all the things that Paul had done that was wrong. I mean, all the persecutions, all the deaths that had happened as a result of his hand and his, you know, and, and, and his authority. And yet here's a guy that his life would be changed and it would end up writing two-thirds of what we spend reading today as God's Word. And here's a guy that would end up spreading the gospel throughout that region by the planting of churches. And yet Satan would say, I want to remind you of the past. But Paul would say, no, I want to remind you what my God is and, and what my God does. And I love it what he says in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who's given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him in spite of my past, in spite of my reputation, in spite of whatever. Can you imagine what it would have been like during that time when Paul's life was changed? He already had a reputation for Paul's life to have been changed and what people were thinking. That joker's just trying to get one up on us. I mean, nobody wanted to hang. That's why he had to separate himself for a period of time, because of his reputation. Everybody was afraid of him. And he goes on to say in verse 13, Even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, in my insolence I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. God changed my life. And even though the first part didn't start too well, I want you to know, man, I want you to see and know what God did. The second thing that I think that Joseph might say was, don't give up even if those closest to you don't support you. You know, some of the deepest wounds come from those that are closest to us. Anybody ever been hurt by somebody that you would consider to be a family member or a close friend? They say there are two different types of people. Balcony people and basement people. Mark, balcony person. Let me see if I see any basement people in here. A basement person is a person that seems to want to stay in the muck and the mire, and they always live at the end of a dead-end street, and they want you to live there too. And they'll do anything they can to try to discourage you. That's the type of person. There are people that are out there that are like that, and some of them are family members or close friends. But then there's a balcony person. Man, it always seems to be 
living upstairs and always seems to be breathing the fresh air and wants you to be part of that conversation. And man wants to encourage you and wants to, wants to spur you on to do greater things. And I think Joseph would say, listen, I want you to understand that some of your greatest pains come from people around you. And don't give up. Don't give up when they don't support you. You know that Jesus himself even faced discouragement from people that were close to him. Mark chapter 6 records that. It says, then they scoffed. He was, he was just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and his sisters lived right here among him. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his family. You know, discouragement sometimes can come from those closest to us. You just got to remember, man, listen, how do you bypass that? How do you bypass? Be reminded and don't give up in those times. Joseph's family, I mean, it went from talking bad about him, you know, huddling around and trying to figure out a way that they could harm him. Here's Joseph's life going from in the pit to selling him into slavery. And Joseph would say, listen, just because they did that, don't give up. I didn't give up. And don't you dare give up. The third thing that I think that he would share in reference to his story was don't give up even if the journey is full of surprises. I, I don't know if you're old enough to figure this out yet, if you're intelligent enough, but life, life is like this, guys. Conrad, that's it. There are going to be moments, man, you're going to be at the top. And then there are going to be moments when you're going to be at the bottom. And then there are going to be moments where things are just sort of going smooth. But that's life. I'd love for you to go back and just track the life of Joseph. I'll, I'll read some of these things to you really quickly. But think about it as I, as I read some of these things and points in his life. I want you to think about this. Is this an up time or is this a down time? Is this a good time or is this a bad time? Do you think he was encouraged or do you think that he was discouraged? And just look at the ups and downs. Listen at this. He was misunderstood by his family. He was thrown into cistern. He was sold into slavery, taken to a strange country far from home. He was given favor in Potiphar's house. Given favor in Potiphar's house. And in the midst of that, then his Potiphar's wife tried to make an, a pass at him. I mean, she wanted to have sex with him. He was trying to do the right thing, yet she's wanting to do the wrong thing. He gets thrown in prison as a result of it. He's thrown into prison for having integrity, I might add. He's put in charge of all the prisoners. He interprets a dream for Pharaoh's cupbearer. He tells the cupbearer, listen, don't forget me. Guess what the cupbearer does? He forgets him. He stays in prison another couple of years. Ends up interpreting a, fair, a dream by Pharaoh and eventually becomes second in charge of all of Egypt. And the point is this, man. You look at his story and it's a story of ups and downs. And I'm going to tell you what, guys, your life will be a story of ups and downs. But this is the, this is the, the failure, this is the, the thing that we, we try to present as the church. And man, if you're walking with the Lord, everything's going to be fine. I have a, some news for you. It ain't going to be that way. Just because you're walking with the Lord and just because God is with you doesn't mean there are going to be ups and downs and there's going to be times of trials and tribulations. It's going to happen. But in the midst of that, Joseph would say, listen, man, don't give up don't quit because the question of who we are and where we are in our relationship with the Lord starts to show up all of a sudden when things are on the downfall then all of a sudden when 
When those difficult times come, you find out really where you're anchored. I mean, it's easy to love the Lord when you got money in your bank, right? It's easy to love the Lord when things are going well at home. It's easy to love the Lord when things are going well at the business. But all of a sudden, let there there be a, a shaking that happens. And then all of a sudden, you begin to find out what you're anchored to. Where are you anchored? What do you do when things don't go so well? Here's Joseph knowing that God was with him. I love what Paul said in Romans 8. And we know, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Let me ask you a question. Do you know? Do you know that when things don't go the way that you planned or when things go south, do you happen to know that God is at work? Or are you crying out, God, where are you? What do you say in those times? Do you really know? Because that's a huge, important part to our faith is we knowing. Us knowing. Us knowing that in the midst of whatever we're experiencing, we know that God's there and that He's at work. We know. The fourth thing that we can learn from Joseph's story about not giving up is don't give up when you're dream, on your dream, even when it takes a long time to realize. Some 23 years between being thrown in, the, in that cistern and sold into slavery, and be, between that time and when he comes to the position that he has in Pharaoh's home. Some, some 23 years or so, give or take some time. And here he is now in second in command. He'd interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And what he basically had said was, listen, I want you to understand there's going to be, in the interpretation of that dream, I believe what God is saying, there's going to be seven years of feast. It's going to be plentiful and bountiful uh, produce. And there's going to be followed by seven years of feast or famine. And what I think God is saying, this is what we need to do. During those times of the, bount- of the bountifulness, those times when, the, when it's feast, I think what we need to do is set some aside Because at that time, we want to make sure that our people have enough to eat. And if we've got enough to eat, then maybe we'll have enough to share. And if we've got enough to share, people are going to come to us from all over. And not only will we be famous, but we'll also become very, very rich. And here was Joseph, second in charge of all of Egypt. And everything that Joseph said would come to to pass. Everything that Joseph said would take place would happen. But what happened, what happened when Joseph was in the middle of the story, not at the end of the story? What happened when, what do you think was going on in Joseph's life when he was in the middle of the story and he couldn't see the end? I mean, we're looking at the end. But where was he at when he was in the middle? Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, and this is what the Living Bible, the translation says out of this passage. But these things I plan won't happen right away. We live in an instant gratification time frame, don't we? We all want it right now. Give it, God, I want to obey you today, but I want, I want the blessings right now. Right now. I want to see it. And I love what he says, slowly, steadily, and surely. Slowly, steadily, and surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass just be patient. Does anybody here need to work on patience? God, I'd like to see it right now. I want to see it happen. I want the pressure to be taken off. I want to be, I want to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But God sometimes says, no, I want you to be patient. 
I want you to be patient. A few closing thoughts in reference to this, I think, might be this. Number one, and Joseph would say, I want you to focus what's happening in you, not to you. Joseph would say, I want you to focus what's happening in you, not to you. Here's a principle. God's at work. He's at work in and around you, perfecting you for his great purposes. For God to grow us, he allows us to walk through all kinds of things. So many times we're asking the question, God, why? God, why really isn't the question we need to be asking. The question we need to be asking is this, what for? What for? God, what are you doing this for? What is it you want me to see? I'm stressed at home right now. God, what are you wanting me to see? Why, why are the stressors here? God, this is going on in the, in the life of my children. Or God, this is going on in my business. Or this is going on. God, what is it you're trying to show me? What is it you're doing in my life? See, there's things that we want God to do. And God says, no, that's not really what I'm going to do. God says, I want to develop something in you. In you. I love the words in Peter. 1 Peter chapter 6. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, So be truly glad there is wonderful joy, not now, but down the line. You can't see it right now. He says, there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Everybody wants to get on a bus. Everybody wants to get on the victor's bus, Right? We all, we all want to be on the team that's winning at that moment in time. I've seen these uh, fair-winded fans. You know, this week they're on Florida Gators. The next week they're on Florida State. Then, then they turn and now they're at the Miami Hurricanes, and then they go to University of Central Florida. Depends on who's winning at that time. He says, no. He says, a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And then the words of James, which you've probably read them if you've grown up in church and sit through any service. Dear brothers and sisters, when many trials, um, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Man, great joy. I'm going through difficulty today. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And that word endurance is the same one that we find in Hebrews chapter 12. It's our theme verse. To lay aside every hindrance and sin. And to endure in our faith. Endure. Endure. So Joseph would say, focus on what's going on in you. Because you know what? When things aren't going well around us, it's amazing the number of excuses we come up with. You ever been there? You ever made an excuse? Have you ever blamed somebody else? Pastor, you know, because of him. Boss, you know, it's because of, you know, what, my spouse, my children. And Joseph would say, no, focus on what's happening in you, not to you. Make that the thought. God, what are you doing inside of me? The second thought is this, how do we... How we respond to those who offend us determines our future. 
How many of us here are carrying around baggage because of bitterness from the past? You've been hurt, something's happened, and you're carrying that baggage around. You can't seem to let go of it. How do you let it go? I mean, you know you shouldn't be toting it around, but every time their name is mentioned, man, your heart just aches, and you feel that anger just come up inside of you. And you know what resentment does and bitterness does? It not only affects you, but it affects people right around you. It not only affects you and the relationships here on earth, but it also affects you and your relationship with the Lord. Because it's sin. And guess what an attitude of resentment and bitterness represents? The flesh. That's not an attitude of the Spirit. And so how in the world do you walk through life and say, no, I'm not going to stay there. I'm not, I'm not going to hold on to this, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to let it go because how we respond to those who offend us determines our future. And I think Joseph would say, listen, baby, travel light because it makes the destination where you're headed a whole lot easier. I mean, this is a guy that, that, that the end of the story sort of ends up something like this. See, his brothers had to come to Egypt to get some food because they had famine in the land. And here it was, as they come to get, come to get food, Joseph recognizes them. They didn't recognize him, but he recognized them. And Joseph had the opportunity to do whatever he wanted to do, but this is what he said. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. Man, that's an unbelievable attitude. See? Listen, you, see, you, you intended to, 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 to get me. God was at work. God, was, see, God used you because God was doing something in me. He wanted to grow me up. And I'm not going to hold you responsible. I let that go a long time ago. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. How many of us are holding on something that's happened in the past Here's God at work in you, but the only thing you can focus on is the person that hurt you, and you can't let it go. And you're holding on that, and you, you might, your, your thought process might be, if I hold on to that, then I'll let, what I'm going to do is I want them to know how much they hurt me. They probably don't care. Can I tell you that? They probably don't care. So you've got an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to live in it, and I'm going to hold on to it, or I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to live in freedom. That takes faith. I'll come back to that in just a second. The last thing that I think that Joseph might say is this. Every dream will have a difficult time. Every dream will have a difficult time, but remember that God is always with you. He's always with us. Um, maybe you're different from me, guys, but I struggle with that from time to time. I have to go back and remind myself. I remember several years ago um, sitting in the hammock at the house, and it, it had just gotten so intense. I was asking some of these same questions. God, where are you? And I had all these stinky things. What, what, Tom, what do you call them? Stinky thinking? Stinky thinking going on? <clears throat> and I was just having a pity party. And I got down to the place. I said, I, just had to, I went outside, and I sat down in the hammock, 
and I started to write down what I was experiencing and what I was thinking and what I was feeling. And then I go, that's a lie. That's a lie. That, and you know how I knew it was a lie? Because of what I found in God's Word and what God's Word tells me. See, see, it's the Word that's the foundation of our faith, not our feelings, because our feelings will lead us astray. So if you ever want to know where it lines up, you go back to the Word to say, is this right or is this wrong? Is this of God or is this not of God? Am I at stinking thinking or not? Where is it coming from? So I thought it would be good to give you a couple of verses that reminds us of the fact that God is always with us. So if you want to write down these verses, because if, if you've not been there, you will be there. And you might need it for somebody that you know this week that comes to you and says, I just want you to know I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling with believing that God, there's no way that God could be involved in what's going on in my life right now. So I want to give you some of these verses. I'll start off with Psalms chapter 139. And this is what it says. I go up to the heaven and you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if, if I dwell on the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. What about what the psalmist writes in 46.1? God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Or Isaiah 43.2, when you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown, even though you may think you are. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. What about this one? What about Jeremiah 1.8? And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. What about Jeremiah 1.19? They will fight you, but they will fail. For I am with you, I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then the words of Jesus himself, when Jesus said, I will be with you even until the ends of the age. So I think one, what Joseph would say to us would be, don't give up. As he were to come down out of the stands and run alongside of us, cold, I think he'd look at you and say, don't give up. Don't give up. Or, or Conrad, don't give up. Or Al, don't give up. Don't quit. And don't give up on your dreams. Don't get caught up in the middle of the journey. Just know that God's at work. Don't quit. Will you pray with me today? There's some of you that needed to hear that because, you, like I said earlier, you may be at that place of throwing in the towel. But then again, there may be some of you here today that are, that are holding on to, to bitterness and anger of something that happened in the past. You've been wronged, and man, you're just, you're just ticked. You're upset. And every time that name or those names come up, you just get uh, in an outrage. And I want you to know today, and I think Joseph would want us to know that those things are affecting us. They're affecting you, and they're affecting your relationship with the Lord. And how many of you would be honest enough to say, to acknowledge the fact that I want you to know that there's some bitterness that's in my life, and I am struggling, and I'm dealing with that. 
just be honest enough to say, I want you to know, I want you to pray for me. Because I hear this story and I see the way that Joseph responded, but man, I'm just not there yet. I'm hurting, I'm angry, and I'm bitter. And you would say, that's me today. Would you just raise your hand with nobody looking around? This is me and you. I want to pray for you. Yeah. Several people. Several people. I want to tell you three things while your heads are bowed, three things that you can do. You've already done one of those. The first thing is being honest and acknowledging the fact that there's pain and hurt that's there. The second thing is, is another action point. It's, is when those people or those events come to mind, you begin to pray. You begin to pray for that person that's wronged you. Whenever that comes to mind, I don't care where it is, where you may be, just mention a prayer. Lord, would you, would you be with them today? I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them, whatever that name may be. And pray for them. Pray for them out loud. Anytime. The third action point would be to bless them. You say, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bless them. I didn't say it happened overnight. But it's part of a journey. You say, there's just no way that I can do that. There's no way that I can, I can let go. And you're right, living in the flesh, you're exactly right. Because the flesh would say there's no way. But with God, all things are possible. I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, where he said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And if you're holding on to that and you're being held in bondage by, by resentment and anger and bitterness, don't you desire freedom? Acknowledge, pray, and bless. That's the pattern. That's something that you can take away from here today. And I want to pray for you specifically because I know how difficult that is. I've walked through that in my life. And it's part of a journey. So if you're here today and that's you, I just want to pray for you specifically right now. Father, some people have identified today that they are just holding on to bitterness and anger. They desire freedom, but they may be they're afraid. It may be they're scared. It may be they just don't know exactly what to do. So we've told them today some, some things, some action points of what to do, and that comes from the Scripture. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Would you bring freedom? Would you help us to get on that path of healing and, and healing in a right way? Because we want to be your ambassadors, not just your fans. And Lord, for the person today that may be in the middle of the journey and ready to give up, I want to pray for them too today. Because in life, there's going to be lots of issues that we face, ups and downs, and we're going to have to make lots of choices I pray that we wouldn't be, be discouraged of, regardless of where we are, but Father, we would look to you knowing that you are at work. Knowing that you are at work. Knowing. Father, I know you're at work. I don't always like the work that's going on, but I know you're at work. And so may I hold on to that, believing that you are at work in my life. Father, if there's people that are here today that don't know you as personal Savior and have never realized or come to know what it's like to follow you and to trust you and to obey you, it begins simply with an acknowledgement that I'm a sinner. I'm struggling. I'm a sinner. 
And I've come to realize that regardless of how much money I make, whatever position I hold, or whatever I may be dealing with in life, there's no way that I can save myself. But I believe what the Bible says is true, that Jesus Christ gave his life for me, that he died on Calvary 2,000 years ago so that the penalty of sin might be paid for through his death. And not only believe, but even this day, I want to commit to follow him. I want to become a disciple, a true follower of Jesus. And so, Lord, if there's somebody here like that today, I pray that even this morning they would come to me after this service and say, Pastor, would you tell me more about what it means to follow Jesus? The words of Joseph, the life of Joseph, is a great encouragement to us. Because really, it's a reflection of our own lives in many different areas. I pray that as he comes out of the stands and that he speaks to us, that we would hear clearly his words of encouragement. Father, as we walk out these doors today, I pray, my prayer is that we would be your people. Not good church people, but we would be your people. And as we go, we would take your message of grace and love, forgiveness. That as we go, that we would be your instruments of faith in and out this community. That when people see us, they would go, I don't really know what's going on in their life, but whatever it is, I want some of it. Because the Bible tells us that we're a peculiar or odd people. And this old place that we're living isn't our final resting place. May we not get too comfortable here. But while we're here, may we be a great light for you, shining very brightly. I pray that you hear us today, Father, because we need that. We need to know that you're there, and may we be confident in that, and may we trust you as we walk on this journey of faith. And may we consistently hear the words of Joseph in our ears as we go, don't quit, don't quit. Don't quit, and don't give up on your dreams, because you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.